Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental family, welcome back. We love you guys so much. We missed you so much. We are so excited for today's episode. Today's episode was a really special treat, and it was part of my travels in Tulum. I met a wonderful woman named Ayesha, who is a Mayan and Toltec cosmologist and ceremonial guide. And in this conversation, she takes us deep into a perspective and wisdom that is inspired and informed by the Toltec and the Mayan wisdoms that she has been studying for over 20 years. So it's a really, I find it to be a very beautiful perspective that offers us a different way of relating to life, a different way of looking at things. And I think that these perspectives, whether they align with you as is your highest truth or not there? I think it's really important for us to give them a platform to be heard and to be listened to in a world that has been so dominated by modern Western standards, right? So to be able to return to, to native teachings, to the roots of spirituality that was informed by a connection with the earth and and these really ancient traditions that have so much to teach us. So she came onto this podcast to kind of channel information and and do a reading for us based, informed, and grounded in these Toltec and Mayan wisdom. So I'm really excited that we get to share this with you guys, and I hope that you guys get so much out of it and that it reaches you in just the right way that it needs to. Yes, and this is a straight channel, you guys. So expect a straight channel. That's really what it is. There were times I had so many questions that I wanted to ask her and you can hear me try to sneak questions in on there. And then finally, I just gave up. I'm like, she's not going to stop. She has a power source running through her right now (laughs) in the best way possible in the best way. And so I had to drop the, the frame of a conventional interview, which is beautiful because life is always asking something new in every single moment. And in that moment, it was to allow the channel to speak. So you guys will here and probably re-listen to it and re-listen to it. I know I'm listening to it a few times over because there's so much that she she gives us. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. We open up the space, calling in our higher selves, calling in the Mayan and Toltec wisdom, calling in all of the spirits, all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime, calling in all of the energies that are aligned with our highest good, with the highest vibration of love, for the highest healing of ourselves, everyone in our community, everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. 
we open ourselves up, we root in, we open up our hearts, we open up our throats, we open up our minds, we open up our third eyes for whatever wisdom wants to come through. The portal is now open. Ayesha. Hello. <laughs> it is such a special treat. I can't believe it's, it's like my birthday. I can't believe that I get to have you here today when I, I, so long story short, I Paula, I'm in Tulum right now. I randomly booked a trip to be here for a month. And on the first Friday that I was here, I went to Ayesha's talk and I was just blown away. And I was like, we've got to get her on the podcast to just expand this wisdom out into the world. And when you said yes, I couldn't believe it. I'm so excited. Um, and so here we are. And Ayesha is a Mayan cosmologist and ceremonial guide. And when I'm telling you that this woman just channels the most mind-blowing wisdom and knowledge, um, she does. And you'll see for yourself. So here we go. Okay. So to open up, I would love to pick a card for everybody listening and for us today of what is the most powerful divine gift spirit would want us to be aware of today in this moment through this means. And so I'll shuffle the cards and I think I'm going to stretch them out on the floor <laughs> and for all who are watching on YouTube Paula is sitting right next to Ayesha they're sharing a microphone <laughs> <laughs> in the future we'll have more elaborate systems mm -hmm. oh you have your own cards yeah this, this is my own oracle that I designed with my beautiful girlfriend in wow. Cancun. Um, we haven't been designing so much lately, but she always had an uncanny ability to sort of uh, just read my mind. And I would say, I want something like this, like this. And I would show her examples. And then all of a sudden I would turn around when she was done. And I was like, exactly like that. Exactly. <laughs> so I picked the sun a how. And so <laughs> this is kind of funny because I am the sun. That is my dream spell Mayan calendar sign. And so I work with two different Mayan cosmology systems, which are different interpretations of the same system. There's an ancestral Guatemalan Quiche calendar of the ancient um, uh, practitioners of the Mayan wisdom from the ancient, ancient Maya. And then there's a contemporary dream spell interpretation, which is kind of like the new for the age that we are beginning. And so the sun is unconditional love, surrender and acceptance and is universal consciousness and the capacity to uh, be here in utter surrender and acceptance of the divine uh, gift that is everything. And so the sun is someone that was born to be generous. It's kind of like, uh, I think of it as elder sibling consciousness, 
no, because, well, you're older, not meaning in years, but in experience and definitely able of um, thinking of the well-being of others. Now would be one of its main sort of uh, evolutionary gifts and to actually go out of its way to be able to help what is a true blessing for somebody else. And so obviously the sun is often um, like unappreciated because many people uh, can barely even figure out what's going on in their head, let alone be able to be present enough to actually look at somebody else and be able to intuit something they might need. Not like as a son, something that I've always found to be very funny is that I can see somebody looking for something and they're just sort of looking around. And I totally know that it's either, you know, whatever, the shoes or the pen or the phone or, but I just know. And I just like reach out and grab it. And I'm like, here you go. And the person's like, oh, I was just looking for that. That is kind of something where like, I feel this energy of the somehow, like it doesn't even need to actually be told something to feel into the person so deeply and to actually care enough to be like, huh, huh, I wonder what it is. Oh, it's this. No, and then giving it to them. So mm. that type of thing is something that a lot of people don't have the capacity to be relaxed enough to even notice. No, and so it's obviously not because people are careless, but the capacity to care and the capacity to be present and the capacity to go out of your way to think of somebody else and do something for somebody else, even if then they turn around and they're like, why are you bugging me? Or not even say thank you or anything, you know? It's just like, okay, so the son is born to be generous. And to do this more and more within measure, because at first the son could just be so radiant, so generous, and just be taken for granted by everybody. No, and so then the sun can feel really like, uh-huh. no, I think of everybody, nobody thinks about me, boo, I'm so lonely. No, which is why for the sun, nature and children and puppies and kittens and stuff like that is like the best because obviously all of these things are naturally being and they're not like in uh, stress processes or uh, being, well, obviously children and animals and anybody can be stressed, but in the direct relationship of being able to be like, hello, do do do, and just play and be present and be like, let's dance. No, or like, you wanna make some guacamole or, you know, like, let's go throw a ball or, hey, who wants to go for a walk or whatever, and everybody's like, yeah, totally, totally. We're like right here with you. And so the sun loves to be able to have this direct love connection that doesn't need to go through all this analyzing and all these things now, but to be able to just be like, hey, like we are born to be um, together and joyful. And so there are many different aspects of the sun that is like, okay, if the sun has to be so generous, then the sun needs to learn its own boundaries and its own limits. 
Because if you just give, give, give and never fill yourself up, then obviously you would end up being super grumpy and people would just drive you so off the wall. You'd just be like, I'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots. No, but that song can never allow itself to get there because the song is here to be unconditional love. And how are you going to be unconditional love if you actually think you want to just slap everybody in the face? No, so the son has to have the awareness enough to notice that, okay, Human beings, most of them are my little siblings. And so all I can do is just keep myself in a place where I can sustain my generosity. I can sustain my capacity to be present for others within measure of also giving it to me. But since I cannot just give it to me because um, it's not enough just to do yoga or to do my practice or whatever, but I also need higher love, higher consciousness. I need someone bigger than myself to be generous to me, which the universe always is. And so this is like the divine uh, consciousness of creation, which the sun needs to be able to create sanctuary space, whether through its um, profession or in its home, to be able to have a space that is so thoughtfully curated energetically, in integrity, with the colors, the beautiful pillows, the amazing ancient artifacts, the super uh, futuristic sound system, now the most awesome like computer program because the sun connects completely to the ancient ancestors, but also to the most like cutting edge visionary now, and which is why the sun loves education because the sun goes and has the capacity to recognize the jewels of consciousness inside a system of ancient knowledge, kind of how it happened to me with the uh, Mayan cosmology and the Totec teachings and the sacred sexual practices. I was like totally coming from a fully indoctrinated uh, situation in Mexico City. And all of a sudden there I am in Canada uh, being given the opportunity to go for free to a Mayan calendar thing. And then at the end, the teacher just gives me the booklet for free so I can continue on with my own investigation. And then six months later, I let this random guy stay at my house for a couple of weeks. And at the end, as a thank you, he gets me all brand new, all the books of Carlos Castaneda. And it's all about the Toltec teachings. And so all of a sudden, I am getting these gifts and I never had to go through a process of needing to be convinced. Now, for me, like I just, I was like, oh my God, this is like the most hardcore, amazing stuff I've ever seen in my life. And I was like so obsessed because I couldn't understand anything at all. And I never had a, a living teacher. I always just had spirit giving me all these books and things for free. And just uh, me being able to recognize it so hardcore that totally devoting my life. Like at 20 years old, when I got the Toltec books, I instantly began doing lucid dreaming and cultivating uh, celibacy and recapitulating my life story and doing all of this um, learning how to undo my attachment to my identity and learning how to begin to create a little breathing room between my true self and the indoctrinated self that I was raising to believing that I am, which led to changing my name, you know, and then also over time, many times needing to walk away from all my friends because um, one of the Toltec teachers says that uh, you must get away from everyone that's known you for a long time. 
because people's thoughts about you and their definition of you and how they peg you to who you have been before or not even who you have been before, their interpretation of your actions in the past, because it's not actually true that they are in this blank slate of absolute filterless uh, consciousness that would be able to perceive the divine acting through your very own embodiment, not like most people think you're actually wrong or you're actually making mistakes or you're actually too slow or you're actually forgetful instead of thinking, ah, this is the natural way I was created to be. And the divine wisdom of the cosmos embodies itself in this incarnation of me in this particular configuration that has these tendencies and stuff, which are absolutely essential for me to be able to carry out the tasks that are laid before me, no? which is my true promise or the reason why I came into this life. And so with the energy and consciousness of the sun, the sun must cultivate a little bit of the hermit lifestyle and to be removed from the hustle and bustle of uh, daily life only so it can cultivate its ancient practices, its new sort of uh, configurations of consciousness that it is coming up with, be able to talk to the divine, be able to uh, put the flowers and make the delicious food and arrange the salad ever just so and actually make the raw organic meal for the cat, you know, and like totally being able to actually live the life that the sun is ready to live. Because if the sun is waiting for everybody to become evolved before it can start living a life of ultimate divine love, sensuality, uh, beauty, passion, no, like absolute uh, consciousness, wisdom, uh, sacred texts, like all these uh, little children, you know, like and being able to share this and, and play and have a life that is like, uh, you know, only knowledge can allow us the tools to create the life that we deserve. And so if we are in ignorance, then we cannot create this fantastic life because we just don't even know it's possible, no? And we cannot create something we cannot imagine, no? And so that's why the sun feeds so much of the ancient wisdom, no? Born into the world through the sweat and tears and all this effort of these grandfathers and grandmothers of millennia, no? That have been the, the true inheritance. Like they have given us the divine inheritance that it is our birthright, but it's that whole thing of with the eyes to see and the ears to hear. No, if you yourself are not mature enough, if you have not, you know, gone around the sun enough times, not in lifetime years, but your soul, whatever it is that evolves and matures in us, requires just like a to be able to accumulate personal power over long periods of time and many perhaps incarnations in order to be able to come into a sense of service and responsibility and integrity with our heart. And so that is just something that doesn't come for free. No, that is mm -hmm. something that one, because all the time people want power or fame or all these things, but they don't want the responsibility. And one cannot wield power without the responsibility because it is the responsibility that makes it meaningful. No, like why would I want to exert, you know, this power? Well, not for me, but to serve because a life lived for my own means, by my own means, for my own gain 
will always be far inferior to a life where you offer your life to be lived by a force greater than yourself. And you willfully and willingly surrender your individual will to be blended in to divine will. And therefore, that's why it takes undoing all the belief systems of our attachment to our family tree, our family lineage, all the stories of our childhood and who we were at 15, who we were at 22, and the photos and all the stuff. And it's just this mental construct that is um, maybe useful while you are here in the world to be able to... Uh, yeah, navigate some sense of identity, no? So you don't feel so uh, ooh, open and lost. But there comes a time where that actually is like a ball and chain, no? And it no longer serves anybody to hang on to. Um, even, you know, trying to help my parents or trying to help my siblings or, or, or all of this type of thinking denies that every single individual in this planet is the divine manifestation of infinite consciousness with its own task, its own challenges, its own thing. And that to think that I can help that other part of the divine um, do better. No, it's just like, what kind of uh, self-importance is that? No, to actually think that I know best what somebody else should do when it's like, well, maybe we all have to have all kinds of different experiences and only those who are able to claim those experiences in responsibility and wanting to own it and truly extract the divine gift of everything that happens because of the maturity. Not like I've seen documentaries and videos of, of, of uh, women that used to be human trafficked uh, five-year-olds no, that went through the most hardcore, crazy life anybody could even dare to imagine. And then they come as somehow they get rescued or, or somehow they run away. And all of a sudden, then they grow. Blah, blah, blah. And then you see these people and they're like radiating wisdom and power and all this amazing depth of understanding. And one cannot even begin to comprehend how somebody extracts that level of personal power and wisdom out of having been such a victim, no? And it's really, um, those are part of the paradoxes of the universe, no? That in truth, none of us are this helpless being. We are the divine incarnate for whatever reason we have chosen to embody here. And the energy of the sun is the energy of the supreme consciousness of knowing that like, hey, maybe I myself as a little human woman that grew up in Mexico City with this, uh, strange belief systems and stuff can connect to the ancient wisdom of the elders and put it into practice in my own life and figure out the validity of it in real terms for humanity today, starting with myself. No, and this is the very different uh, type of thing that I see between, you know, how like maybe say an anthropologist could go to like a tribe in the Amazon and sit at the edges of the tribe with a little notepad and be taking notes about the many different social interactions, the children, what they eat, you know, how they get married, all these things, but as observations like a scientist, no? So it's like, 
judging the actions of that tribe and how everybody lives and what they do based on his academic assumptions and the knowledge of being from New York or having grown up in a Jewish family or having so many different uh, conditionings that if you go to this Amazonian tribe and you're thinking you're gonna understand what they're doing through this lens of this filter of all your own life story and your assumptions and all your projections and everything, it's like utterly ridiculous. You would need to go learn the language, marry somebody from there, actually have a baby there. No, like actually like completely do the work every day for 15 years, no, and do all the ceremonies and everything and be one with them before you would ever be able to actually um, begin to grasp a little bit why they do what they do and what it means to them and how come they live this way. And so the same thing with ancient wisdom. We can read ancient texts and all this stuff, but if you don't take the practices as your own, if you don't do them diligently in your own life, if you don't have the surrender to truly activate what it is that you can extract from this practice, then you will never begin to get a glimpse of what it is that the Mayan people were thinking about or how they applied their wisdom or what the Toltec teachings were for and how somebody would experience life after initiating their path in the Toltec teachings. No, it's just like, if you've never um, like, uh, and so that's one of the things that the sun has is that the sun is okay with being like, hey, this, uh, I don't know, this ancient Hawaiian practice looks pretty cool. I'm going to do it faithfully every day for a year and a half. Nah. And then get the conclusions from the actual doing of the practice, which is why when I go to the Mayan pyramids in the area here, I always hear like over here, the guides talking about like, this is where the government sat and this is where they were doing their deals. And this is I'm like, how do you even know that they even thought of terms of that, no? Like, how do you even know that that's actually even something they care about or that that's actually what they would gather together to discuss? No, like this is just so unreal that anybody could think that we don't even know what they were thinking about 300 years ago. How are we gonna know 1800 years ago? No, when their concept of reality and everything, I mean, back then there were sorcerers that were naturally known to be able to bilocate and they were seen in this village and that village at the same time on the same day. You know, because down there, back then, like people were supernaturally, not everybody, but many uh, magical people and powerful people were able to unfold the double, which is the dream body. And they were able to make uh, gateways for their dream body to step over many practices, many uh, things into the physical world. And then there would actually be two of them. There would be one physical being that would have a normal physical body and eat and poo and have sex. And the the other one would be an intangible self that cannot eat, drink, be hugged, no, but can move around, can walk through walls, can do all this stuff because all of these teachings are truly the key or the one of the main gifts that are contained within their practice is the possibility of maybe one day, if you're even uh, meant to, realize that this here quantum dream universe that we're inhabiting in is also made out of pure dream energy. And the only reason why it seems so solid and rigid is because of the belief structure and their affirmation of this is what things are, this is how they work, this is 
the boundaries of the material universe. And that's why stories are so important. No, because if they tell you Darwinian stories or materialistic stories or that, you know, the stories of feminism and the stories of all this stuff and the stories of the victim people and all that, then you're just in this whole bunch of uh, story uh, scaffolding that is never going to allow for you to be able to perceive energy, energy directly, perceive the divine inside every single event that ever happens, perceive your own reflection of your consciousness, and to actually come to realize that like, hey, the whole world is so malleable and, uh, and amazing in its essence, that if I go around paranoid, I'm going to actually manifest many things to be paranoid about. No? And if I go around feeling my heart opening and my, you know, like uh, my, my womb opening and my whole like heart, like yearning to serve and to be here and to be like of service and to do it in a way that I'm loving myself, taking care of myself, standing up for my boundaries all of a sudden, like uh, maybe you used to have shitty experiences everywhere you went. And then all of a sudden you begin to click into a new form of, of um, embodiments of love. And then everybody is uh, nice to you and wants to serve you and, you know, bring you a shopping cart when you're in line at the grocery store or give you a free ride in a cab just because they feel like, hey, I just want to take this lady where she's going and I'm not going to charge her a dime, you know. And so those kinds of things are kind of like... Um, how is it that all of everybody's personality changes when I change my attitude? So do you think that that is what we need to be doing right now? Like when we think about our, our community and everyone who's tapped into um, Pretty Mental, the podcast, um, and just people who we come in contact with, you know, we come from all walks of life and not everyone is um, they're on various stages of spirituality to believing in science, to believing in just different belief systems. So when it comes to like co-creating a reality that we want to see, co-creating with the universe or with whatever we believe in, what are the, the things that we each need to do um, from your perspective, from the Mayan and Toltec wisdom, from everything that you know, to start creating a life that feels really abundant for us? Well, the number one uh, source of abundance is gratitude, no? Without gratitude for everything exactly as is, you cannot build on it, no? And so one of the main things is humility and to actually have the humility to recognize the gift as is without trying to change it or make it different. Which <laughs> This is so funny. Can you hear the, all that noise? And the, only slightly, not a lot. Oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like it sounds like they're doing some work in an apartment. Mm. So when we have humility, we know that all we can do is start where we are. No, there is nothing we can run ahead. No, so say in my own life journey, one time many, many, many years ago, I think I must have been like 25 or 26, I went to Berlin. And there I was supposed to stay at a really lovely friend's house. And then it ended up being he was actually renting with this other guy who was super um, angry guy. No, he just and we knew each other. We were friends, but he got so pissed off. I was there. He started yelling at me and saying all these awful things. And I felt so small and I was all the way in Berlin and I didn't have anywhere else to stay. And it was just uh, so intense. 
And so I just, you know, after he ended up this crazy uh, yelling uh, spree, I just closed the door and I lit my little candle and I started uh, just um, saying thank you out loud to spirit. I was like, thank you so much for this experience. And I was like bawling. I was like totally crying. It was uh, super harsh. No, I was had been invited to stay at this place. And then in the end, it was just this uh, super insane experience. And, um, and so I was like crying and crying. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this experience. But obviously my mind could not conceive of a reason why I would be grateful. You know, my mind was just like, no like this sucks but I knew beyond that because of this ancient teachings because of this stuff I had already been uh, learning and practicing for five years and so I knew even if my mind could not conceive of this being a gift I knew it was that everything coming into your experience yeah Yeah. uh uh-huh and so because I trust um, the, the wisdom and the teachings. And I had already been doing, uh, like, um, like, uh, lucid dreaming and recapitulation. And I had been studying the Mayan calendar and I knew that every moment is perfect and that he was the perfect guy in that moment to be with me in this configuration. So that this day, this thing would happen and I would come to this realization. And like, so all of these things, because I had been already, and this is at the very beginning, like I'd only been doing it for like four or five years, maybe six No, So, but I had been, um, so blown away no, because the Mayan calendar is a purifier of perception and allows you to be able to dive into the deepest surrender you can even begin to imagine because it reveals the intricate, amazing, mind-blowing perfection in every moment, every interaction, every year, every day, everything. No, and it was... Um, so huge for me to come to see myself and accept myself through the divine gift I came to embody of being the sun and the seed and all this stuff. And with these things also having many attributes that get misunderstood and, you know, people complaining about me, all these things, not normal. But even within all that and me being so young and everything being so unbelievably hard, I still just surrendered to gratitude. And I surrendered to gratitude so deeply and I cried so much that then afterwards I felt so peaceful because even though I still didn't know where I was going to sleep, how it was going to work out, nothing, what was going to happen, that the gratitude process just took me to be in such a self-acceptance place that that night I was like, well, I guess I'll just go out to the, you know, bar where everybody's going and they're going to be playing music. And as I was sitting there, all of a sudden I started talking to this guy outside and he was so sweet and I had such a different energy and I just felt really happy and I was dancing and I just, you know, I had surrendered. And then this guy's like, well, why don't you come stay at my house? I'm going to be going away for like three weeks. You can have your house, the house to yourself all this stuff I have an awesome bathtub all these things and so then that very next day he went by the place and picked up all my stuff and took me to his house and then he left and then I had this awesome kitchen and the bath and everything and I got myself a bicycle and I was riding everywhere and it was so fun and it was like awesome (laughs) it was totally great and I don't think I would have been able of taking those opportunities had I been feeling sorry for myself. No, Mm. like had I been just stuck on the other person and how awful it was and all these things. And so it's not that these teachings uh, fixed your life. 
It's more that they reveal the power within you to be in divine alignment and perfectly connected in anything, through any storm, through any hardcore situation. And um, that is like, uh, I think one of the most beautiful gifts, no? Because obviously we all must suffer and not so much because we deserve suffering or because suffering is the only way, but because we have been in a 26,000 year cycle of what the Maya and many other people say, even the Toltecs, um, the reign of the predator. No, so there's this ancient, ancient stories about the fall of Atlantis and how when we went through that great cataclysm, it actually happened because we were trying to get ahead to a new frequency, a new dimension, but we had not matured in our heart center enough to be able to actually navigate the humongous increase in frequency that would take place if we were really genuinely moving collectively onto the next layer, no? So I think that we were a little bit kind of like the super privileged uh, teenagers that are super talented and always hot and just have never had any real issues. And so we think, hey, this is boring. No, let's just move on. Let's get on to the next awesome journey. But because we wouldn't be mature enough to appreciate where we were at. No, we didn't have the patience and the depth of wisdom to be able to see the gift that that moment in time was for us. And so we were denying the present in order to run ahead to the future. Mm -hmm. And since we were not totally balanced in our heart center, we created a big wound in the energy body of the earth. And through there fled many um, disembodied um, energetic psychic uh, parasites. And these parasites, the Toltecs call the mud shadows. They also call them the predators. And the Native Americans call them the Wetiko. And then there's also a variation and it's called the Archontic Forces, which like um, other people talk about. And so even in Egypt, Thoth, the scribe, went on to the task of writing down everything that was happening and about Seth, the Lord of the Underworld, who is the leader of this parasitic consciousness. Um, they, he started like Thoth, was supposed to be an Atlantean. And he was one of the people that had developed the heart center and was like an elder brother at that time, no, was like a self-realized human. And so when all of humanity in Atlantis began getting eaten their realizations by these crazy parasites, Thoth knew that the story of humanity would be lost if all of the realizations of people were eaten away. And so that's why he became the scribe after many people of Atlantis got taken to Egypt, that then he began writing down the stories so that they would be recorded. No, And that's why they started putting it into the stone and everything. So this whole thing with this parasite eating the realizations of humanity has a very interesting result, which is that we cannot accumulate knowledge. We cannot accumulate experience. No, it's like we've been here for 26,000 years sort of running on the same spot. No, unable to get better at relationships, better at raising children, better at self-governance, better at doing health, because one of the qualities of the parasite is that it fragments everything, which is why 
all of the modern ways of division of consciousness, the way that the classism, racism, feminism, toxic masculinity, all of this like uh, multiple like sexual things, this in origin are programs of division to not allow for the singular wisdom of all of humanity from the beginning of all the ages to be all collected, you know, to be put together into the single diamond of consciousness. That is all the facets of our story, all the facets of what we've learned from the Vedics, from the Chinese, from the Hawaiians, from the Australians, from the ancient Maya, from the Toltec, from the Tibetans, you know, like there's like the, the, the Aborigines, all of this, like Inuit people, you know, like everybody in their collective memory that we don't have access to is holding and keeping like one facet of divine wisdom of this divine diamond of absolute whole body integrated human story, human consciousness, human awareness. And so because we have been eaten in this way, then we have everything separate. Now we have this medicine, that medicine, the plants over here, the native healers there, the shamanism over there, the surgeons over here, the pharmaceutical peddlers. Now we have like all of this different separation. No, the same thing with education, the story of this country, that country, this period, that period, everybody through the lie of specialization is like you just focus on one thing to the detriment that you can only understand that thing through your own that thing language and you are not able to see it through the lens of all the other parts. No, and so because we don't have this capacity to unify things because the inner dialogue, which this parasite uses to hide itself, no, because supposedly this uh, psychic parasite is able to um, instill itself into your thought processes and make you believe that they are your own thoughts. And so we are being manipulated from within all the time. And so it has this um, kind of, um, you could say a little bit cruel way, but I've come to develop a, a very appreciative relationship with this parasite. No, like I'm definitely not afraid of it. And I definitely don't think it's some horrible, hideous aspect of the universe that should be eradicated forever because we called it in. No, we called it in. And then it made us forget everything. And now we've been this like utterly bumbling fool amnesiacs that can never uh, get it together. No, because we have this thing where this thing eats our, our realizations. And so it eats all your experiences. It eats everything you understand. And it ends up leaving you like with nothing and then telling you in your head, oh, I'm just a bubbling fool. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, what's going on? I don't understand anything. I'm always confused. I'm just a victim. And so since it's like trying to feed all of these um, thought processes in your head, it actually starts making you think that this is how you think about yourself. No, and so it's uh, very bizarre because I have gone into full uh, battles with these uh, crazy voices in my head, no, which everybody has them. The thing is that nobody wants to acknowledge because we also just have been taught by this crazy thing that we're just so useless and the cancer of the world and all we do is destroy everything. But all we are really doing is enacting the same um motivations that this parasite has for us. Not the way we treat family, uh, like animals and how we put all the chickens in the horrible cages and how we do with the cattle and the little pigs and all the stuff. 
is the same thing this creature is doing to us, shoving us in apartment buildings in the cities and making us all work in these cubicles with the everything toxic. The paint is toxic. The neon lights are toxic. The computer Wi-Fi signals are toxic. The phone signals are toxic. Like we're like in this thing where like it um, creates so much interference in our energy bodies and in our consciousness that we cannot actually come to realize our true nature, our true gift, our true amazing embodiment we came to be, to actually be radiant, healthy beings that can have healthy relationships, that can, um, you know, commune in divine depth of sexual intimacy for the glory of love and consciousness and freedom. No, and like all these things are, are our true inheritance. No, but it is this thing that has been keeping it uh, hidden from us. And then it's got the most uh, sick little game that it plays, which is because it cannot eat your awareness forever. It leaves you alone. And then awareness is like a little plant and begins to grow back. And when it begins to grow back, you start being able to accumulate the lessons. And you're like, oh, man, I really need to stop drinking. I really need to stop smoking. I really need to start being super kind with my kids and go play and do all this stuff. And so then you are and you're like oh getting up early going to go uh, running and you're eating healthy and you're hanging out with your kids and you're like yeah babes in the summer we're gonna go camping and we're gonna do awesome stuff and so then you're like growing growing and you're feeling great and then all of a sudden it gets to a point when your awareness grows up to the level of the knees that then the parasite starts to eat it again and if it starts eating it again, all of a sudden you have another beer or you go on a one night stand or you stop being interested, like, oh, children, leave me alone. I'm tired. No. And so you start getting into this um, forgetfulness. And then when you realize you're screwing up again, then it starts whispering. Yeah, because you're just broken. And you can never get ahead and you will never really change. And you will always be just this broken liar no and and so then you're like uh, hearing this and so when you're a teenager or a young adult you bounce back and you have more resiliency no because you're like hey i still have my vitality i'm still young i still have dreams and passions but the more it happens by the time you're 60 years old you actually think you're just this uh, good for nothing uh, nobody no that is just never gonna get it together and so Toltecs were able to see that one of the main sort of antidotes to this thing, well, I think there's two. One is the gratitude and humility to always be able to say you're sorry and to always be able to recognize that, hey, yeah, you know, I did that and I'm sorry. No, let me maybe, maybe, maybe I can make it up to you. You know, maybe whatever. Like, I won't feel guilty either. No, I'm not going to like uh, whip myself into submission just because I am uh, so hideous because I am not. No, I know I'm always doing my best and I know that I can always do better. And at the same time of being able to say you're sorry, to also know that like I am not superior to anybody, better than anybody, and I'm not inferior to anybody underneath anybody. Now we are all the singular divine body of consciousness and light that is here unfolding the divine dream of consciousness upon the material plane. And our destiny is to realize the fullness of our power on this plane. No, And so if this parasite came into the world at a moment of our weakness and has been challenging, challenging us like no one else, you know, because how are we going to rise into the true nature of our power 
if we don't have the most horrible tyrant that is threatening to eat us, eat our children, you know, eat everybody, no? And because we are only the best part of ourselves when we are with the sword against the wall, no? And that is really when our wings come out and our power, you know? It's like this amazing story uh, I just heard recently about lions and hyenas. If a female lion gets cornered by 10 hyenas and she's a, a single lion, she will every time die. But if she has a baby there, she will kill every single hyena, no? And she will triumph every time, no? So it's like, if we are just uh, whatever, you know, trying to just save ourselves, not all the time can we muster the power to actually do so, especially when we think everything is fine, which is why now after COVID and after all this crazy stuff and with all the onslaught going on with the economy and people's spirituality and all these things and the crazy drugs getting pushed into the market and all this uh, hysteria, it's like the perfect conditions for people to actually finally start getting it together, no? And so... Um, we always think, oh, you know, we should just be able to grow through peaceful means. But the fact is, every time it's peaceful, we just settle. Mm -hmm. No, we don't uh, push through. And so we need the, the cataclysms. We need the things. And I mean, I experienced it five years ago or whenever when there was a big earthquake in Mexico City where all these buildings collapsed and everybody pulled together to feed everybody, to dig out the children from the school, to dig out the, the apartment buildings. Like they were rescuing people walking out of there like a week after the buildings collapsed. And everyone because I was in Mexico City, it was like such a blessing in my path. I was able to see everybody helping direct traffic and helping to organize the meals and getting into buses and volunteering in all the areas where houses had collapsed and they were going to teach sustainable ways of rebuilding their houses with mud and all this stuff. And I was like, my goodness, like this is like the most beautiful aspect of humanity I have ever seen. And I have never been so proud to be a human being. And like everybody would be crying and hugging each other and totally and like a bunch of strangers, people running down the street on their underwear, you know, with their kitty, like uh, just uh, so mind blowing, so mind blowing how um, when it really, really counts, we are actually totally superb. Because in that moment, we don't have self-importance, because in that moment, we don't listen to the naysayer, because we do have a built-in hope in our heart, and because we do belong together, and we totally belong to each other. And it is only this crazy parasite that is uh, creating all these illusions of division, which are the necessary challenge for us to be able to transcend the capacity to believe a liar. You know, like that is one of the maturity points that we must achieve. We must stop believing what we are told that doesn't match with our truest hearts, wisdom, and inner voice. And so that is why it's so important, all these practices and ancient teachings and ceremonial rites and sacred things and being able to create sacred space before you make choices, because we must be able to transcend the capacity to be deceived. We cannot continue to allow ourselves to be deceived by lies and naysayers and all this horrible, things that are trying to make us believe that we're just garbage, not that we're just this nonsense garbage that can just be do away and everything would be better without us. 
is such a lie. We are divine creation, just like every other aspect of infinity. And there is no way that our destiny is to just be garbage. You know, it's like absolutely impossible. And so what is really, truly the gift of this beautiful parasite is to push us, push us, push us. And either we rise into the true gift of our true lineage and our true divine inheritance, or we get ground into dust, which is fine because nothing is destroyed or created. Everything just transforms. And so dust will still be beautiful compost for the other gorgeous seeds that will take root and grow over time. So the whole lie of duality and there being good guys and bad guys and that they're the ones you have to destroy and then the ones that are in your team is, um, yeah, it's just an excellent means to create the platform necessary for the warriors to rise. No? What can we learn from the Toltec teachings and the Mayan teachings about cultivating that warrior energy? Well, the practice of it, obviously. And so the Toltec teachings is recapitulation, which is to reclaim the energy that you've already invested in your current life story and all the belief systems that you uphold about yourself, your family, you know. Um, and so recapitulation is a way to gain deeper objectivity of everything you've done and the conclusions you've drawn and how that has affected every single one of your reactions now and how truly by reclaiming the energy from the past and giving back the energy that does not belong to you, you create this energy sovereignty now where like you're no longer um, with tons of pangs and like, oh, energy cords and all these uh, incessant memories that never go away and that haunt you for years and years. Now it's just like with recapitulation, all that stuff just like totally is uh, dissolved. And it is, that? well, um, you can do it by writing. You can start writing um, different events. Uh, Toltecs say that the most important ones are all the sexual experiences and um, everything with your mother and your father, because that is where the bulk of your identity and your self-image uh, arises from. And also, obviously, with the sex, you take on uh, hardcore energy from your partner, and then you're also leaving uh, humongous pieces of yourself uh, with that person. So you write about your experiences in as much detail and presence as you can, feeling all the feelings and remembering the texture of the moment and the sounds and the colors and all this. And so then after you write, you can burn all the pages and then you gather the ashes and you can dig a hole in the ground and, and bury them. And then from there, there's two practices that are equally important as recapitulation, but recapitulation is the beginning because you cannot create a new journey when you are still wholly invested in the one you're currently on. And so you first have to reclaim yourself and give back. So then you have new energy freed to be able to begin stalking yourself, which is the strategical process of finding different experiences you need to uh, seek out and uh, maybe uh, different, uh, I don't know, yeah, strategies, no? Just like, okay, well, I'm an impatient person and I need to become more patient. So, okay, what could I do to really truly put myself in the position where I have to become more patient? 
a real total tech warrior would probably be told by his teacher he has to put himself underneath somebody that has total control of their life so that through absolute pre presence and patience, they can little systematically by systematically learn how to turn it around. No? And so Toltec warriors would actually seek tyrants out because tyrants made self-importance futile. And the only way to overcome a, a tyrant is to become nobody. No, and nobody that can be a victim, nobody that can also vibrate at tyrant level. You know, you need to be completely uh, neutral and then use the forces of creation to be able to allow for the tyrant to undo itself. No, and, and so this is like crazy mastery level of uh, practice. No, and obviously, you know, little by little, whatever, this is just baby steps. No, and uh, to everyone's capacity of how they can truly find even the commitment in their life to want to, you know, be able to first reclaim their energy, give back the energy that does not belong to them, be able to even question yourself enough to be able to figure out where is my weak spot, what are the parts of me that make me fall down all the time, what are my thought processes, you know, how do I give my power away to this parasite eating my awareness, you know, and so one of the powerful ways that Toltecs developed and were able to see as their capacity of seers is that cultivating inner silence and cutting the inner dialogue was essential to be able to begin to change the color of your awareness so that over time your awareness would change color completely and after that moment happens the parasite doesn't actually find you palatable anymore and it no longer wants to eat you so one could say that the parasites true purpose for being is to push us to change the color of our awareness by allowing us to dive so deeply into inner silence just to be able to differentiate our voice from the parasite's voice no and to actually be able to have such command of our inner silence that we can actually realize when an external infiltration message is trying to get pushed into our consciousness and so then that would create the most ultimate discernment and so all of the most crazy magic and powerful things that can be um, sort of experienced through the Toltec practices and the mind calendar open through inner silence. No, so inner silence, you know, for men, it can be just sitting there in front of a wall, just practicing absolute presence, kind of like a Zazen style. But that wouldn't necessarily be how women would be able to find inner silence. Women find inner silence through like trance dancing, through going mindless, through being able to be so in the energy, now so in the pulse and the breath and the moment and the, you know, like all this that the mind ceases to exist. No, so definitely masculine practice, feminine practice, and these are not uh, men, women, but they're like actual energetic polarities. No, masculine practice is this and feminine practice is that. And whoever aligns with whatever, you know, can decide what practice actually works, but it cannot be based on an ideology. It has to be that that is actually the key for you. No, that actually unlocks your gateway. No, and so it either unlocks the gateway or it doesn't. No, and there is no amount of wishful thinking that will be able to make it something else that it is not. And then with lucid dreaming, lucid dreaming requires that we are very... Um, sort of like relaxed and at ease. And, you know, obviously the most pristine place to lucid dream would be in nature, not on the ground, in a cave or something. But we don't live in those times and we don't have everybody that access. 
And so at least you should turn off your Wi-Fi and turn off the phone and be able to, you know, like uh, cultivate some sense of um, frequency that can be grounding and relaxing. And so the practice of every day telling oneself, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And to find many points in the day where you're like, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, but with your whole body feeling enables you to be closer when you're actually asleep and dreaming to all of a sudden repeat it in the dream time and then be like, I'm dreaming. And then it was like, oh my God, I really am dreaming. No, so to and tell once- ourselves that we're dreaming now in this waking state. Yeah. Because we are I- in a sense. Well, this is absolutely a dream time, which is why the whole thing of the metaverse is such a fallacy and a ridiculous attempt at uh, distracting us from our true power, because we already are in what could be deemed like a quantum dream reality. No, that is really not uh, in any way inferior to any kind of gadget that a human being could come up with. So by he being aware, 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 I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And then when you go to sleep and then all of a sudden you're in the dream time and then in the middle of the dream you realize hey I'm dreaming and then you're like oh I'm in the dream time I'm dreaming I can actually communicate directly with creation which is the difference of the Toltec lucid dreaming practice to just random lucid dreaming no that many people you can get books that say oh lucid dreaming is fantastic because um you can uh, have sex with anybody you want or uh, you can fly or You know, you can be this uh, silly idiot with this amazing technology of the dream consciousness, and then you can just waste it on eating your favorite chocolate cake, no? So obviously Toltecs would not do that. Toltecs use intent within the dream time for many different things. And so say, you know, one of the Toltec teachers is uh, giving the task of the student that he has to write a book about what he's been learning, but the guy doesn't know how to go about writing the book. And so gives him the task to download the book in the dream time. And so then the student manages to finally awaken into the dream time after many tries. And then there begins to intend the book. And all of a sudden this like book appears in the dream and all these letters start flowing onto the pages and then he's able to read everything that is being written on the book and then he wakes up and just translates it into the physical world and so now that book is so powerful because it was actually downloaded directly from quantum consciousness no and so it is this ultimate manifestation of this personal power of this person that is able to uh, trust the process so deeply and to do it with such lightness of spirit that all of a sudden, no. And so many of the Toltecs would uh, download all kinds of stuff from there. And the Mayans use the lucid dreaming as the most powerful telescope. And that's how come they could see the length of the solar year and how many planets and all this stuff. And the Yaqui Indians in Northern Mexico, they were able to to totally study DNA and all these things thousands of years ago and embedded into the beating uh, designs of their bracelets and things that they've been doing for a very long time because they had this capacity and it was at a moment in time where nobody was trying to indoctrinate them otherwise. Mm. No, And so this is something that... um, The people that have quested for true knowledge of the self are the ones that become Toltecs, no? And so then there's this other um, of the Toltec teachings. And so that goes with the four directions. So the east is recapitulation, north is stalking, 
the South is lucid dreaming and the West is erasing personal history. And so erasing personal history is that distance, that utter annihilation of your identity where you don't even tell yourself who you are. No, like you just completely surrender. And like in my own process, I burned every single photograph of me from baby to whatever age. And even I went through my uh, wacky colored hair days and piercings and being a punk rocker and having all of these different adventures. And I just burnt everything. And I burnt it mostly like obviously this is not something I would recommend because I definitely uh, had a big battle about it. But I even went into my family albums and I cut my face out of all of the pictures that I was ever in. And wow. everybody was so angry because they're like, you destroyed all the family albums. I'm like, yeah, but my own consciousness liberation and you not identifying me as that girl anymore is more important than whether you're happy or not. So uh, the things our parents have to go through as we wake up, <laughs> as the generations keep waking up, our parents are like, what the hell is up with all these you new know, generations? Why can't you know, just be a normal girl and marry the doctor. No? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, Sorry, this no is way. I have to self-actualize in this life. You know what? We literally are. Uh, we we have to close up. We yeah, are good, literally at the top of the hour. I think this is a good closing point. <laughs> yeah so are there I mean if, Paula did you want to say something are there any last words I feel like I'm always kind of left speechless with with how much information you give me when I listen to your talks um I think that I find it really powerful to invite this conversation into our platform, which is was originally a mental health platform, which mental health is very much a term terminology that belongs to the West, to Western medicine, um, because Western medicine has very much decided that only through science that they've developed in the last not even a few hundred years, um, very recently that the field of psychology has developed that only through what we observe right in front of us and patterns of behavior that we can identify and what is in the books of diagnostic systems is what we can turn to, to, to heal, to tap into our power. And I see that as a form of oppression to the lineages of wisdom and healing that have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and have cut a lot of us off from being able to connect with a different way of looking at the world that our ancestors had tapped into for thousands and thousands of years. And especially being here in Tulum, I think Tulum is becoming such a, has, is becoming, continues to become such a center for healers and people that are into the healing arts. Um, it can be easy to come here and just get lost in the I guess, flashiness of experiencing this healing and experiencing that healing and all the colors and all the design and, and doing the dance without really understanding what's underneath it. Um, that I find it really valuable to create some space, to actually talk about what the Mayans wanted us to understand what the energies that they were really working from and the lineage of the Toltecs which I, as I understand it, has had a big influence on the culture in Mexico. Well, Mexico is a land of power. 
And I think that the more that I learn about this, the more that I see that the Maya, the Toltec wisdom, and even the ancient Vedic um, sacred arts of um, conscious sexuality and stuff like that, they really are one single body of knowledge. They're just like different parts of this divine inheritance that is um, has a capacity to allow us to mature into right living, right relationship, right stewardship, you know, like uh, vanquishing doubt from our hearts because we are so powerful. But if every time we make a choice, we doubt ourselves afterwards, it's like we're taking two steps forward and one step back every day. And so no matter what we do, there's all this doubt, doubt, doubt. And so that's why I also love the Mayan cosmology and why I do readings and why I channel for people and how this uh, serves the path of people is to be able to be receiving this download that is only me absorbing them into myself and then giving them back to themselves filtered through the divine wisdom of the Mayan calendar which then allows for people to feel seen and for them to see themselves in a way that they never understood before, but they always knew. No, So it's almost like all of the pieces of their nature all of a sudden get organized into this powerful, amazing, divine truth reality that has all of this meaning and power and wisdom and absolute perfection and proper timing, everything perfect, nothing mistakes don't exist, you know? And so it's like to all of a sudden feel that and, and have that. And then people are just like, oh my God, like I've never felt so pumped. Not like I, I know, I know, no. And so people being able to say, I know, I know. And I have no longer doubt that even when I think I don't know, I'm still on track and I know and then like, who's going to be the naysayer to you then? Mm-hmm. No, like you become so hard to manipulate once you know, you know, no. And so that is like the ultimate, I think, amazing gift. And I know we're at time. Just one more question, because what comes up for me as you talk about that is. My own tendency to doubt and how do we how do we then balance that that very committed kind of like intense humility with that having no doubts well the thing is that having no doubt doesn't take away humility it simply uh, seeds trust in your heart and so trust allows us to move through the world with such grace and presence because this is not naive blind uh the i just uh, blindly believe This is, I know now that I can truly trust. And I wouldn't necessarily, you know, know exactly how people can access that other than beginning their own personal study of the Mayan calendar, applying it to their life, seeing the relationships that come. You know, you can download the apps on your phone from the Play Store or the iTunes Store. There's like a few that are really cool. I like to use this 1320 sync and that is of the modern method. And then there's a Zolkin Explorer with a T-Z-O-L-K-I-N Explorer. And that's of the ancient tradition. 
But even then, you would still need to get books and stuff and just begin decoding all of these different archetypes for yourself. Um, obviously, I'm always available to do readings for people. And definitely when people ask me, what will I get from a reading? I'm always like, well, it would really be very hard to explain because you've never had one. No, so the only way anyone can know what a reading would give to them would be by actually having a reading. No, so it's the only way you can see how the my encounter talks to you. No, and where you're at right now in this point in time and what is it that you're supposed to be working on. So then you can realize you've already been doing it and you started six months ago, mm. you know, and it's just like, oh, ah, this is like exactly. And I'm right on track and it's mm. uh, in the perfect moment. And now you're telling me and confirming everything I already knew. And so sometimes people have been like, oh, what is this reading? You haven't told me anything I didn't already know. I'm like, and isn't that amazing? You already know, you know, like all I am here is just that confirmation that you are divinely wise already, you know, that you already have all the tapped in circuitry. You're already there. You no, know? yeah. you just don't know you are and your parents, nobody feeds that back to you. Nobody is living the sacred life with divine trust and absolute communion with infinity. And so now, you know, now, you know. And so some people that start getting super empowered in it, then they want to get the reading every year because they begin to trust it so much that they're like, this is really, you know, like an amazing map. How can people find you if they want to get a reading with you? Uh, well, they can contact me on Telegram or WhatsApp and Telegram. I am Ayesha Cosmos. And then my website is um, AyeshaCosmos.com. Okay. And then I guess I'm also on Instagram, the same, Aisha Cosmos. And then if people are into Loom, they can come to one of my talks. I'm doing one tomorrow at Ikal around the sacred fire, talking about ancient stories of freedom warriors and the sacred practices for um, our current uh, planetary transition. Paula, go to that for me <laughs> and for On our community of all of us. so you can come tell us so we'll put everything we'll make sure everyone you know we'll put it in our show notes for all of our listeners everyone will have um all of ways to contact you and to access you and and i actually am about to get a reading from someone today is like a day of healing for me literally i speak to you and wow. then i have a reading from someone else after and then therapy it's beautiful so i want Paula to ask you books that we can read that we're going to put in our show notes, but I actually have, I have to jump off in a second. Um, so I don't know if we can keep, keep going. Although I'll gather to. whatever, <laughs> gather, gather our last bits of info. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Let's take a picture. Okay. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Ooh, I'm going to listen to this one a few times. Same. Yeah. Thank you, Ayesha. How much there. Thank, thank you. you thank beauty. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye.